Blog Talk Radio. Matt Klentak has continued to stay active in the trade market as he made a major move for Marlins catcher J.T. Romito. Did the Phillies make a mistake by trading away Sixto Sanchez? And are the stubborn Phils going to whiff on Bryce Harper? All this and more on FanCast. Hello and welcome into FanCast. I'm Coy Zimmel. Feel free to call in at 845-277-9345 and go check out StubYard where you can use the code BPN10 to get 10% off all purchases. Active week for the Phillies as they did make a major move. It was the NBA trade deadline, but Matt Klentak stole the show in Philadelphia with an all-star acquirement. Isaac, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty pumped up after the presser today introducing JT Real Muto as the starting catcher of the Phillies. I know a lot of people on my page were really kind of hesitated to the fact that we had to give up Sixto Sanchez, but I personally believe it was the right move. Well, adding Real Muto was a major upgrade for the Phillies. He is almost unarguably the best catcher in baseball. Last year in 2018, he posted a 4.3 war, 277 batting average, along with 21 homers, 74 RBIs. He's a very solid defensive catcher and has speed, which the Phillies have lacked. The Phillies did have to give up top pitching prospects Sixto Sanchez, catcher Jorge Alfaro, Will Stewart, and $2,500,000 in international slot money. So, Isaac, what are your thoughts on the big trade that Matt Contact made last week? It was the right move. And all the speculation and ongoing rumors we all know about as Philly fans, I think it was pretty interesting how the whole trade went down. All the rumors started and ended within about a day. If you recall, the day before the trade was made, there was rumors speculating that talks were beginning to heat up a bit and that if there was a trade to happen, then Sixto Sanchez was a must and Jorge Alfaro was a must as well. So from that point on, I personally knew that talks were getting serious because Phillies wouldn't put Sixto Sanchez in the deal if they weren't if they weren't if they were just playing around. They wouldn't include that level of prospect unless they were truly willing to pull the trigger, as they did with J T Real Muto. And um, I, it was definitely the right move. Um, although we had to give up Will Stewart, Sixto Sanchez, and Jorge Alfaro, all three who have potential. Jace Real Muto has lived up to his potential and is the best catcher in baseball. Clearly the right move for a win-now baseball team. It definitely was. And as you say, going into this 2019 season, the Phillies have traded away other uh, pieces for what we potentially planned on being future starters. J.P. Crawford was traded for Gene Segura. We brought in Andrew McCutcheon, sliding Aaron Altair and Nick Williams out of the starting lineup. Possibly we'll knock both out with Bryce, if Bryce Harper comes in. And when talks first came out that the Phillies had checked in with the Marlins about Remuto, I didn't see it as anything more than smoke. I personally didn't think it was going to happen. 
things started to pick up right away. And it very rapidly seemed like the Marlins sort of wanted to get this over with. They didn't want to have this hanging cloud as they headed into pitchers and catchers reporting because that would have had JT Romito down with the Marlins just waiting to see where he would be traded. So now he's in Clearwater working with the Phillies staff. He is the best catcher in baseball, even from before at an unbiased standpoint. It was very recognizable, his talent among which is right now a very average catching class. The immediate upgrade from him to Alfaro is definitely going to elevate the Phillies to a point where even if they whiff on Harper or Machado, they still are in a very good spot to contend for the National League East. Uh, For sure, for sure. And as you said, it was being generous when you called this catcher class average. They're probably very below average. But still, being said, to be the best catcher in the major leagues is very impressive. Um, as you said, he drove overnight to Clearwater with his infant daughter and his wife to get to Clearwater today, uh, the other day. And today he was introduced to the presser. You can see that himself, uh, Gabe Kapler and Matt Klintak were all very happy and smiling. And he he also said something pretty interesting, I thought. It kind of kind of made me think. Uh, He said that while he was on that trip in Japan with Reese Hoskins, that Reese Hoskins had talked to him a lot about how he'd love in Philadelphia. You know, that just makes me think, Coy, how much is, if Reese Hoskins talked to a player on another team before trade rumors were starting, how much has he talked to a free agent like Bryce Harper throughout this offseason? How much tampering is there really going on? Because, I mean, if if you think about it, I can't believe the amount of of people, as as I stated previously, Ryan Howard talked to Bryce Harper, Jimmy Rollins supposedly talked to Bryce Harper. I wonder how many people have talked to Bryce Harper and how much these conversations actually mean to him at this point. Well, Reese Hoskins has seemed to take that LeBron James mindset in trying to recruit his different players, different people he has direct contact to into Philly. He said he's talked with Bryce Harper. They do share super agent Scott Boris. They have seemed friendly uh, during Nationals and Phillies games a lot of social media interaction. So it definitely seems like Reese is doing his part in trying to get these players to come to Philly, make it a more attractive destination. As it was reported earlier in this offseason, that Harper wasn't set on Philadelphia. He didn't love it. It's not the most appealing city from a free agent standpoint, but to someone like JT Ramuto, who obviously didn't have the option, he was traded here. He did seem at his conference press conference to have a very optimistic look on coming into play with this team. It puts him in a far better situation as far as winning-wise, where he is leaving the dreadful Marlins to come to a team that is serious about competing in 2019. I'd be psyched. I'd be psyched to join a team like the Phillies, especially – when J.T. Real Muto knows the competition, when he knows how the other pitchers in the division pitch, pitchers like DeGrom, Syndergaard, Fulton-Nevich, um, even now even the player, even the pitchers on the Marlins, he knows better than anyone, I'm sure. So, I mean, when you think about it, it's a win-win situation all around. Jorge Alfaro still gets to have a starting job, gets to prove himself on a team that really doesn't have high expectations. Um, Sixto Sanchez gets to rise the ranks in the Marlins system. Um, for in, in every situation, I think this trade was well executed, well done by both front offices. It was it was truly, truly the perfect situation for all players involved. And 
as we go about the season, we'll see how much he he pays off. But did you recall the past two MVPs uh, have been on the Marlins? Christian Yelich last season was traded from the Marlins to the Brewers at his MVP season in 2018. 2017, Giancarlo Stanton had 50-some homers, uh, won the MVP then. So I wonder if JT Romuto will continue the pattern and have an MVP-type season as a catcher. <laughs> what, what do you think well, about that, Corey? Well, there was a little something that came out. The Marlins Stadium, obviously, is not very hitter-friendly, and it showed that if JT had played all his home games in Citizens Bank Park, he would have had seven more home runs, would have finished the – or eight more, I'm sorry, would have finished the year with 29 homers instead of just above 20, would have lifted that average up a little bit. So he definitely will benefit from playing in a hitter's bar, ballpark, and that could make him a very potential MVP candidate on both sides of the field, offensively and defensively. He's a standout player. We'll get a little bit more into the package that the Phillies had to give up to acquire JT, but let's slide right into something or nothing. So let's call in our producer, Benson, to hit us with the news. All right, guys, this is something or nothing. Harper likes JT Romuto. So we saw this approach from the White Sox where they signed tons of people with connections to Manny Machado. They signed his brother-in-law, traded for his brother-in-law. They signed his very good friend. I don't think it's a decision changer, whereas if there's a better offer on the table, Bryce would turn away because he likes JT. But I do think it's good to know that the organization, there's people within there that you're able to go in. It's not a brand-new team, brand-new players. You have to form that chemistry. It's good to know some familiar familiar with some players in there, some comfortability. So it's good to acquire him. I don't think it's a major deal in Bryce's decision. Uh, I agree. Uh, as you saw last year, um, there's a picture that kind of went viral on Philly's Twitter the other day um, when Harper at the All-Star game uh, put his Washington Nationals hat on JT Real Muto's head almost like he wanted him to be traded, like he wanted him on the team. It shows how much Harper – I mean, you don't want to think into this too much because obviously money is the biggest deal. But, but whenever he gets to this point, this late in the offseason, and Harper is looking for a reason to really just use sign, sign the sign the dotted, dotted line and finalize the contract with the Philadelphia Phillies, still truly comfortable knowing he has some good friends like J.T. Realmuto and Reese Hoskins, even if it's not his favorite city which we're being honest, as a market, L.A. is bigger, New York is bigger, Chicago debatably is around the same size as Philly. And, and this, kind of, this, this kind of market at this time, I, I think that these things do matter. That's why the White Sox did it. That's why, part of the reason why Man Machado is taking them so seriously. It, it, it also shows your commitment to them. It also shows your commitment to winning. And I believe that this is a – when, obviously, as Gabe Kapler said on MLB Network, it's a win-now move. It does show that we're, we're going for it all this year. We want to win the division in 2019. All right, Benson, we'll take the next something or nothing. Okay, rumors Harper will sign by Thursday. Is that something or nothing? Um, this is nothing, to be quite honest. I'm sure you all remember whenever Harper was supposed to sign on that one day when Vegas released, he was rumored to be in Philadelphia. Um, he was supposed to sign last week. 
East Coast about this day, that day. Uh, it's most likely not going to happen on Thursday. Most likely not going to happen this week. Most likely not going to happen next week. Possibly possibly the end of February. That's my prediction. I think it will end around the same day that J.D. Martinez signed last year, which was February 26th. I've been saying March 1st for a while, but I do feel that's a bit late. I have a feeling the week before. So some somewhere around then. What do you think, Coy? Yeah, I think this is a big nothing. It did come from a Washington reporter that, and it is narrowed down to two teams. But to all our single listeners, I wouldn't thank God Bryce Harper joining us this Valentine's Day. What's next, Benson? All right, social media. Bryce flying Kayla likes Hoskins tweet. Is this something or nothing? Uh, I don't really. Th- I don't dig too much deep into this one. I think it is nothing. The Kayla Harper, Bryce's wife, liked a tweet from Reese Hoskins talking about how all teams should be playing with a win-now mindset. It wasn't anything directly towards the Phillies organization. Um, the Bryce Harper posted on his Instagram story that he was taken off in the air flying. I didn't see any plane touchdown in Clearwater that Bryce Harper hopped out of, so I think this one's nothing. I agree. Uh, it, it really doesn't mean much, as Coy said. I agree with all the points that you made. Um, we'll take the next something or nothing, Benson. All right, this is the last one. Harper Machado want $300 million. Well, this is something. It, it obviously is something because this is the whole reason why this offseason has taken so long to materialize, the whole reason why two of the top ten players in baseball have not signed yet. They don't have a job, and Spring training is coming up very soon. And as the weeks go on, I think it becomes less and less likely that either of them gets to have a $300 million contract. May Machado, I think, is pretty clear that he won't get a $300 million contract. Bryce Harper is the one where I think Philly's offer is probably 15 to $20 million below $300 million, uh, somewhere in the 275 280 range. And, that's not what Harper wants. Harper definitely wants that $300 million. I originally wanted to break the $327 million mark, which was signed by Giancarlo Stanton a few years back, which is the biggest contract in history. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see if, they, if Bryce Harper gets $300 million, But how, how do you feel? I personally think that this is something in the fact that if they're both waiting on $300 million, this might imply that the Phillies have not offered that yet to Harper. And to that, I say just give him the money at this point. Get him down to Clearwater. Get him ready for the MLB season. We don't need another scenario where a guy isn't ready for the first 10 games of the season like Jake Arrieta was last year. If it is just a 15 to $20 million, I think we're set in other positions where we don't need to spend that money elsewhere. Fork up the little extra money. Quit worrying the players in the team. Is this guy coming? Is he not? Let there be clarity. Let guys focus as they head into this season. So let's get this wrapped up. We're going to head now to a network advertisement. When we get back, we'll be breaking down a package that the Phillies had to give up in order to require JT Ramuda. Hi, I'm Anthony, co-host of Pinstripe Talk this Wednesday at 5 o'clock. We go over everything going on in the world of the New York Yankees. From Manny Machado and the deal he was offered by the Yankees, to Aaron Judge and the comments he made regarding Bryce Harper potentially moving positions 
if the Yankees attempt to go after the superstar. And with pitchers and catchers just around the corner, we break down the rotation, the bullpen, and of course the catchers. All this and more on America's baseball team, the New York Yankees, on Pinstripe Talk this Wednesday at 5 o'clock. Don't miss it, baseball fans. Welcome back to FanCast. Feel free to call in at 845-277-9345. Like we said, big activity for the Phillies this week. They made the big deal for JT Romuto, but it didn't come without a price. The team had to give up top prospect Sixto Sanchez, catcher with a ton of potential, Jorge Ofaro, and another minor leaguer with major league potential, Will Stewart, and also 2500 that was international slot money. So do you think this was too steep of a price to give for JT Romito, or do you think Klintak did the right thing with this move? Personally, I, I think, like as I said earlier, I think this is a very balanced trade. Santa is the number one prospect in our system. Uh, Jorge Alfaro, tons of potential. And this, this opens up potential for Romito to become a franchise catcher, as he, as he should be. This talks about a contract extension uh, to truly – him to be here for a while in the 2020s. And speaking of 2020s, I believe we have a call, our first caller of the day. We want to welcome JD. Yo, how you doing? How are you today? Good. How are you, man? Good. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is: uh, uh, Do you think that uh, Mike Trout, you think, will be available in two years? Uh, do you think the Angels are going to lock him up, or do you think they're going to, uh, you think he comes to Philly? Um, it's really hard to predict at this point. Mike Trout, obviously, as you know, is the best player on the planet. And if he's on your team, you want to lock him up for his whole career. So, if the A's, the Angels, obviously, are going to try to make a push this year to prove that they're competitive. But if they miss the playoffs this year, JD, I can see them. I can see Mike Trout becoming restless and forcing a trade specifically to Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another question I have is, uh, do you think that uh, signing? Uh, you think that uh, you know maybe he'll take a discount to come to uh, Philly, or do you think he'll, uh, you know, want the same amount of money? Uh, you think he'll take a discount, or do you think he'll, uh, you know, want the same amount of money anyways? I think Trout is more of a player that cares more about his legacy and winning as opposed to scraping out his money like. Force is trying to do for Harper right now. So I could definitely see him be more willing to fork up a little extra money in order to help the team around him be better. This is a guy who's been in the league seven years. He's played three games in the postseason. He's someone who's desperate. He's hungry to get into a competitive club that's hungry to win. I think he would be willing to take a little less money if it meant serious World Series contention. Uh yeah I I you know I agree with you on that. Uh, my other question is, uh, do you think that uh, yeah, I heard a rumor today that uh, some West Coast club uh, you know made aggressive uh, offer for uh, some Machado or something like that? Uh, you know who do you think that is? You know, you know I, I'm trying to think of some clubs, but you know I don't know. It, it was it was the Padres, I believe. I think I saw the same rumor as you. The San Diego Padres are. Or attempting to be very aggressive with Manny Machado, uh-huh. he's not. Yeah. He's not totally sure. He's not totally sure he uh-huh. wants to play uh-huh. there. He's more. He's more uh, likely. He's sold on going to either New York or Chicago as of now. 
and Philly is more in the mix, but we're, we obviously are focused on Bryce Harper. Uh, and, and, and uh, excuse me, but uh, one last. So, so who do you think right now, from uh, Manny, uh, who do you think has the highest offer for him? You know, what club uh, do you think, uh, you know, is the most aggressive? I think financially, the Phillies probably had the intentions to give him the biggest offer. I think Bryce Harper wooing them over put a little dent in Manny Machado's plan. I think now he is starting to have to settle between the White Sox, who see that this is sort of an empty market, are waiting for him to bring down his asking range. The Yankees reportedly offered him eight years, $220 million. So I think the White Sox probably have a slight edge over that. But I think if it comes down to a $20 million difference, that he will be headed to New York. Uh, all right. Yeah. That's it. That's cool. All right. you, know, he's fun. you know, I I understand that. Thank you guys so much. Uh, I'll talk to you later. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, JD. Thank you, JD. No problem. See you later. Thank you for calling in and feel free to call in and join us at eight four five two seven seven nine three four five. So as we were saying, Phillies did have to give up Alfaro Sanchez, Will Stewart, some international money. Isaac, you've been saying for a while now that you weren't high, highly sold on Sixto Sanchez. Do you think this proves that the Phillies were on your side with this move? I do. I do. And it's for a very good reason. When I heard the Phillies were, were willing to include Sixto Sanchez, I was ecstatic. And here's why. Yes, Sixto Sanchez can throw 100 miles an hour. Yes, he, for one, one and a half months, he proved that he could have a little bit of location with it. But guess what? Here's why Sixto Sanchez will never be a star in this league. He has not shown – what has he shown us that the high, other high-profile prospects have not? Nothing. Here's, here's what he's done in his career. The highest he pitched was last year at A minor. A minor ball. He got injured a month and a half into the season, albeit being his best season. So think about this. His best season – was a month and a half, a month and a half. And before that, he was, he was shaky before being promoted. And mostly the reason he was, promoted, he was promoted to A minor is because of his velocity. And, you know, these injuries that he's had for a while, to have them this early on in your career – I don't see him having a long-lasting career in the MLB, let alone successful. And I honestly wish the best for him. But I can see him to become very effective in the major leagues. I can see him becoming a reliever. I just not. I don't see him having a future as a starter in this league. Well, it was reported afterwards that the Phillies, who weren't willing to move him or even consider moving him at the deadline last year, a trade for Manny Machado, that they put him in now. They had sort of picked up that he hadn't been doing enough conditioning-wise training to keep his body durable and prevent these injuries. Uh, One executive around the league, a scout, said that they also see Sanchez as a closer and not a starter. So seeming to move for him was an option that the Phillies were willing to take. I love the acquisition of JT Romito. I would have preferred if the Phillies had moved Sanchez in a trade for a pitcher to help the rotation immediately. There's still some holes there. I think a upgrade from Vince Velasquez could have been a bigger deal than an upgrade from Alfaro to Remuto. And the major reason I say that was if you look back at the 
JT Romito's first years in the major, it is not that different than Jorge Alfaro. They had the same number of home runs. Uh, Alfaro's batting average was three points higher. His on-base percentage was actually 30 points higher. He had a higher sluggage, same rate of caught um, caught runner stealing. Uh, JT played 18 more games, so he did have a couple more hits, a couple more RBIs. Alfaro has been criticized for his plate discipline. They had the same number of walks almost. JT had one more. So I think Jorge could have developed into the type of catcher that JT is now. I think that the Phillies are going for that win-now mindset, so they were willing to speed it up a little bit and get future Alfaro right now. So I do think Sanchez could have been moved a little bit better, but all in all, it was a great trade for the Phillies. I agree, I agree. And like we said, this catcher class is so-so at best right now. But so JT Real Muto obviously is not this Hall of Fame yet type of player, but he could certainly, certainly thrive in the environment of Citizens Bank Park as many players can. This is a hitter's ballpark. Um, He has a great to work with Aaron Nola, Jake Arrieta, an experienced seasoned veteran, Vince Velasquez, someone who's coming coming of age, Uh, Jared Eikhoff, he's coming back from injury, had some experience with good catchers before. Um, Nick Pavetta, who's bound to break out this season. I think JT Real Muto should be psyched to play in this ballpark with these pitchers in this circumstance and this division. It is a great, great, great situation, ideal situation for the Phillies, for him. And I think we could see, we could see a big year from him. I know it's not a huge, bold take, but it certainly makes sense. Uh, I think, Coy, uh, I, I could see a season north of 25 homers for JT. It definitely does seem like another player that will be coming into a hitter's ballpark. His stats will inflate a little bit. I think our pitching rotation is in very good hands. JT, is, a, as you watched his press conference today, he's a player of a high IQ. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to run with the rotation, help them. And it's like they say, a great catcher can make good pitchers look excellent. So it definitely will be an upgrade from Alfaro's shaky defense at times. But feel free to call in at 845-277-9345. Isaac and Coy here at FanCast, and let's head to a network advertisement. Hi there. This is Jake from the Amazing Mets podcast, co-hosted with John from Mets Updates. This week, I just want to let you know that you should tune in because we'll be talking about all the things the Mets should be doing leading up to the season. And we'll be talking about the spring training decisions that have to be made. Make sure to tune in this week, uh, every Thursday at 7 p.m. This week we might have a bit of a later time, so check check your listings. So it has come down to two teams in the race for Bryce Harper. It looks like it's down to the San Francisco Giants and the Philadelphia Phillies. We are deep, midway into February right now. And these two major free agents still haven't been signed. And I personally put out, I write articles for a different website. I was thinking about this, thinking why haven't the Bryce Harper and Manny signed yet? And it seems like this has been the Phillies have been at fault this offseason, not willing to fork over any extra money. And Isaac, you run a very good page on Instagram. I'm sure you put out content, content that tends to try and move 
people's opinions, try and create a response. And so I put this out there saying that the Phillies are at fault for these two players not being signed yet. And there were some people that agreed with it, but there was a heavy number of people that said it's all on the players and agents. So where do you stand? Do you think it, the Phillies are at fault or is this on Harper and Scott Boris? See, I think I don't think we're approaching this the the question the right way. It has gone to a point where both sides can do can do nothing but 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 move the way that baseball is moving now and sign these players and go to a waiting period. I think this is just a new era, new era that started last year. J.D. Martinez, J.D. Martinez will be the benchmark of this type of signing. We're all used to these big signings happening at the winter meetings, before the winter meetings, before Christmas. And it's just not how it's going to be anymore for marquee free agents. So uh, let's think about it this way. First, I'll, I'll talk about it in manager's perspective. So owners, you're obviously, you're mega rich, and you want to get the best bang, bang for your buck. You want to value your money, invest it in players who will get you the most wins, get on base. So for Manny Machado, will obviously do that for you. Well, at the same time, of course, you, you know you got to pay them a hefty paycheck. But to, you're t- talking about, what, $250 million that, and saying that's lowballing some of these players? Now, that, that would seem ridiculous to, me, to many people who aren't, who aren't following baseball, which is kind of where these owners are coming from. To value a player $250, $250 million is very high. It's saying you think a lot of a player. And so – Saying that's lowballing a player with a with a with an offer is kind of ridiculous, and even though it's heading that direction where these owners you can say that they have enough money to spend, it it's really hard to say because you 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 want to keep the payroll at a level that you can't just dish out as much money as you want. So that, that's the management's perspective. Now we'll head into the players. The players, you're trying to do the same thing. You're trying to get the most value most money you can in this type of situation. So you're going to wait until you get the best offer. A lot of people say, I, I hate this take, Coy. I hate when people say, if if Bryce Harper wanted to play for the Phillies, he would have signed already. And that, that's, a bun- that's a bunch of foolishness. And here's why. he's wait- It's quite simple on what he's doing. He's waiting to get the best offer. And he might have gotten the best offer already from the Phillies. And if so, wait until he got his final offer, until Scott Boras says that he's gotten his final offer, and that'll be it. He'll be ready, and he'll, be, he'll sign the Phillies' contract that he was given. This is mostly about money. People are saying that he doesn't like a city. He doesn't like Philadelphia. He likes New York more. Well, guess what? It doesn't matter. It's all about the money. Scott Boras has never settled for less money. Bryce Harper will not settle for less money to go to a different city. These cities don't really matter. It's about playing baseball. It's about putting yourself in a good situation, in a good culture, a good winning culture. And truly, I don't think this is anyone's fault. This is the way baseball is now, Coy. I personally tend to take more of a player's side on this. The players have dedicated their whole life, their sacrifice, tons of time. They've dedicated countless hours to be at this situation. And Bryce Harper and Manny Machado are two of the 10 most talented baseball players in the world. So it, it seems mind-boggling that we are now entering spring training. And these two players are jobless. They are without a team and, it just doesn't make sense. This opened all the way back in October, and we're in February. And not only these two, the best closer in baseball, the guy who won the Cy Young three years ago, 
all are not signed. If you remember back to the NBA free agency, the night it opened, Paul George announced within minutes that he was staying in OKC. LeBron James, the most talented player in NBA history, joined a new team within two days. It, in football, Kirk Cousins set a record, record deal before free agency even opened. All these other sports are seeming to have this worked out, and they're getting their deals done. And now a sport that already has an insecurity about going too slow is dragging out their free agency. And it makes me think, instead of worrying about pace of play, MLB baseball should be working about pace of pay. Uh, that's a good uh, one, Coy. I like that. I'll credit you when I – I might have to use that sometime. Uh, but I, I, do, I do agree. I agree with you there. It's certainly, I think, it's not something that management should be doing and that players should be doing. They really need to step in and maybe, maybe, I was opposed to this earlier, but maybe they do need to institute a deadline, maybe at the end of January, something like that, because it it can screw with players' minds when they sign too close to spring training. Uh, It messes up the mentality of a team right now. I I know that I've actually had some sources to me that the Philly, there's an interesting vibe that they've never seen around the Philly spring training right now, that all players are kind of, they're not, even though they're there, they're not fully there. They're kind of still, they're checking their phones, they're checking the rumors, they're, they're seeing what John Heyman just tweeted out, they're seeing what Ken Rosenthal is saying on MLB Network. They want to see where Bryce Harper is going, one of their good friends who could be on their team. They want to see where Manny Machado is going, see if they have their franchise shortstop or franchise right fielder, you know? It, it, it I know for me personally, it would be hard to keep focus, especially if you're Reese Hoskins, who's probably spent a good amount of time recruiting. Like, uh, it's it's got to be hard. It's got to be hard. And even from the flip side of that, where there are players in the Phillies organization that are excited and awaiting the acquisition of Harper Machado, if you look at someone like Aaron Altair, Nick Williams, or Michael Franco, that are almost at this point questioning if they'll even have a starting spot come March 28th, if one of these two guys do come in, now their job is taken away from them, and they've put in all this work to now sit on the bench for majority of the season. And now they're questioning their future in Philadelphia. They're looking over their shoulder with a organization that says, yeah, we're trying to upgrade for you. We just haven't done it yet. And that's a heavy weight to carry around as you're trying to prepare yourself for a season which you might not even play majority of. It could be very hard, and I understand where Nick Williams is right now. Uh, Nick Williams is the guy who has a starting place in the lineup right now and might not in two weeks as the signing of Bryce Harper or Michael Franco, for example, who might not have a job if Manny Machado is signed. So you can see how, like like, like you said, it, this is looming over their heads. It's got to be in the back of their minds, if not the front at this point. It's definitely something tough to deal with, but it does look optimistic for Philly fans that Bryce Harper could be joining the squad. John Heyman tweeted out that Harper is not even considering a short-term deal. Buster only said that it's more smoke than fire with the San Francisco Giants who are appear to be in on Harper. The Dodgers and Nationals are reportedly out. Bob Nightingale did say that the Phillies will have to grossly outbid the Giants, but these do seem to be conflicting reports, and I would more lean on the higher number of legitimate um, reports saying that it's more likely that the Giants are a little bit of a smoke show, not as serious as it's trying to be publicized, 
whether that be by Scott Boris or the media trying to push this along. So it does seem like Bryce Harper eventually will be a Philadelphia Philly. But now let's seg into our mailbag. We'll bring back in our producer, Benson, to hit us with some of your questions. All right. First question is from John. What will the Phillies record be if they add Harper and Keuchel? I think that a Harper and Keuchel acquisition could put them over 90 wins. I think right now we are looking at a team that's currently in the 84, 85, 86 range. They have enough acquisite additions to boost them up those six games. But just adding, improving from J.P. Crawford to Gene Segura and Jorge Alfaro to J. Um, Sorry, to J.T. Muto, Crawford, Segura. That's not going to get you an extra 10 wins. I think that it could get them as many as six. But if you add Harper and Keuchel to that mix, you could be into 90, maybe mid to low 90s. I agree, I agree. Uh, Somewhere between 92 and 94 wins is where I would put them with both players. All right, Benson, next question. All right, this question is from Susan. Which Phillies will make the All-Star game? Um, well, last year the Phillies had one player make the all-star game. Some were complaining that Odubel Herrera should have made it. That clearly was shut down after he had a terrible uh, last three quarters of the season. This year, I'm going to say, I have a bold prediction here, Phillies have four all-stars. And actually, it might not be so bold as though it, it's that I believe Bryce Harper will be an all-star with the Phillies. I think Bryce Harper will be his first time being an all-star with the Philadelphia Phillies. Aaron Nola for a second year in a row. Um, JT Real Muto continuing his stake as best player, best catcher in the game. And Reese Hoskins. I think he'll get some of his stats up with Harper being in the lineup. He'll get more opportunities to hit. And I think we're going to have four all-stars in the all-star game this year, Philly fans. I agree with you. I think that those four all will make it. Like you said, that adding Harper, that'll add more protection to Reese, let him boost his numbers. Someone I think might be on the edge is Gene Segura. However, he was an all-star last year. The National League shortstop position is a little bit stronger than the AL, so I think he will just miss. But I think the Phillies will have four start four all-stars for the first time in a very long time. What's next, Benson? Uh, this question is from Aiden. Who will have the biggest breakout year? Everyone seems to be leaning towards Nick Pavetta. It does seem around from our show to countless executives around the league. Everyone is high in on Nick Pavetta. I think that he will have a great year. I think Zach Eflin will have a very strong year. It's, I think it's definitely one of those two. Personally, at this point, I lean towards uh, Zach Eflin, but either one I would be perfectly fine with taking a major leap in 2019. Um, I'm going to say this is the year. We've been, Philly fans have been saying it for a while. This is the year. Michael Franco has his breakout year. He's been practicing. He's instituted a leg kick into a swing. I'm a big fan of Mikey. He's my favorite player on the Phillies. I think this is his year, Coy. Uh, I think he'll establish himself as a top player. Uh, <laughs> a top performer in the Phillies lineup, one of the key players that can institute a playoff run. Um, 
he'll have an over 20 home run season again, get his bat, batting average more consistent. Um, he'll be a break, breakout player. All right, next question, Benson. All right, Bobby wants to know, who will the starting outfitters be without Bryce Harper? So if we don't if we don't sign Bryce Harper, the starting outfield will be Andrew McCutcheon left field, new addition this year. Um, in center field, most likely a Dubal Herrera, and in right field, Nicky Williams. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Nick Williams, but that would be our starting outfield. I think that it will be McCutcheon, uh, Herrera, and Williams. I think that it should be. Um, Roman Quinn over Nick Williams, put Roman Quinn in center, move Herrera around. I think um, Roman Quinn adds a different sort of threat to our lineup, a speed guy, great outfielder. And I think that he does have some durability flaws, so it will get Nick Williams a solid amount of at-bats where you rest Roman Quinn, rest some of the other guys. So I think that it won't be Roman Quinn starting outfield, but I would personally love to see it. What else you got for us, Benson? Uh, this is our last question. It's from James. What will the next big thing be in the Phillies rotation? So it doesn't – I'm not quite sure that we will have a big move to the rotation. We could sign Dallas Keuchel but I'm not sure that that is going to happen at this point. I think the Phillies might use some of that extra money to secure Harper. I think they might let Keuchel and Kimbrell walk. I think the front office is confident with the rotation we have and the bullpen we have. It's just trying to add a couple more pieces to make this lineup one of the top in the game. I agree, I agree. Uh, But I'd say Nick Pavetta probably is the next standout in the Phillies rotation. So that's going to wrap up we ha- what we have for you guys today. Um, Philly fans, big Sixers game tonight against the Celtics. One of the best starting lineups in basketball now. Great additions with Tobias Harris. We hope that the Phillies can make a few more great acquisitions by our time next week. Make sure to tune in. Thanks for listening. Take care and go Phils. Ah! Hold on, wait a minute. minute. Y'all thought I was finished. Whoa. When I bought that tomorrow, y'all thought it was winning. Yeah. Checking on these. I'm like Papa on his finish, double M, yeah, that's my team, Rose, ain't this catching, I'm Lieutenant, I'm the type can, the main cast, and grind like I'm Fancast is produced by Benson Fector. Fancast is a baseball podcast network production. Be sure to give our hosts a follow on Instagram. Koi, at Koi's Dimal, that's Z-D-I-M-A-L, and Isaac, at Philly's Focus, with a P-H. Be sure to give the FanCast account a follow on Instagram as well, at FanCastBPM. For more FanCast content, be sure to head over to our website, at BaseballPodcastNet.com. And be sure to give the Baseball Podcast Network a follow on all those social media platforms. Instagram, at BaseballPodcastNet. Twitter, at BaseballPodcast1. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1. YouTube, at BaseballPodcastNetwork. And SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to FanCast. We'll see you next time.